It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We have got, per usual, our buddy Jake Ellen Bogan from Downtown Rams with us. Jake, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I am doing awesome. Uh, another great day out here in Southern California. Got a super busy week, but uh, it is considered a football week. We've got a game on Saturday. It gets closer and closer every day. I keep saying that. I've been saying that for months now. It's getting closer and closer every day. <laughs> and this week really is no is is closer to the truth than ever because, again, the game on Saturday, uh, we saw the team get on a plane today and fly up as we're recording here on a Tuesday night. They flew out on Tuesday up to Oakland. Uh, they're going to practice with Oakland for a few days. And then they're going to play them on Saturday and then fly out to Hawaii. They've got a crazy schedule. We'll be talking about it over the next couple of weeks. But uh, another thing that was really cool that came out today um, that we'll discuss was uh, the unofficial depth chart. We're going to kind of look at that and, and de- do a little bit deeper dive. We're going to get some updates on some of the players, uh, some injuries, some new signings. All that we'll cover today. We'll kind of touch on your top 100 versus the NFL top 100. We'll see what we get to, but we've got a great show for you guys today. Again, don't forget you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as Himalaya. Download it. It's free. It's a great app. You can find us on social, Lockdown Rams on all accounts, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can find Jake at DTR. Also, Downtown Rams and the website, downtownrams.com. Tons of awesome content always going up there. So especially around this time as we're getting into that roster cuts and looking at the bubble, uh, make sure to keep checking out that website. They're going to keep you up to date on all the things that are happening as well. And then come back and listen to us break it all down. So we'll have Jake on here on Wednesdays talking about it. But with that being said, we'll kind of jump into the depth chart or the quote unquote unofficial official depth chart because it's official it's from the rams but it's unofficial because it's not finished whatever right uh but there's not a ton of surprises on this we kind of understand where everyone's going to be laying out but a few of them right sebastian joseph day was one of them uh you know at the nose tackle position over greg Gaines. uh daryl henderson was the fifth running back on the depth chart which you know is kind of interesting to you when you take a look at this what stood out to you most about this first depth chart and any surprises on your end? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at the rookies. I think this is always where the Rams kind of, you know, like to go, the direction they like to go in. I mean, Goff, you know, let's go back to his rookie year when he was listed as the third quarterback on the depth chart behind, Very true. Uh, you know, Keenum and Mannion. Um, and I know that obviously drew like, whoa, like what's going on here? End of the world type of thing. Um, you know, straight up, I'm going to say it right now, Darrell Henderson is going to have a lot of playing time this year. Uh, he's going to be a big focal point of this offense. He's what brings this offense to the next level. 
So I'm not worried about his placing there. If you saw, um, you know, during camp, Justin Davis really didn't have much of an impact from what I was told and what I, you know, what I've seen um, from, you know, Twitter and and all sorts of, you know, obviously Joseph Franke, our own, he's been doing uh, some, you know, work out there, uh, you know, covering that for us. So, I mean, I haven't really seen anything or heard anything about Justin Davis and he's rated ahead of, you know, uh, Darrell Henderson on this depth chart. Um I think really, you know, what is interesting here, like you mentioned, is Sebastian Joseph Day, um, because it confirms, you know, kind of the buzz we've been hearing, right? You know, it started off with Vinny, even when they were on their break before training camp, before they had to report. And he said that, uh, you know, Vinny Bonsier uh, said that he you know, ran into him and he said he was feeling great and he just looked like he was in, you know, such great shape and like he was really taking the next step. This is a seventh round pick at a Rutgers who really got labeled with that mantra of, well, you know, he he's a gap eater, right? He's we, we like those buzz terms, the gap eater. He's he's a mauler. He's a run stuffer. OK, let's just be honest here. You don't know what he is. You've barely watched film on him and you just know he can't rush the passer. <laughs> right, so, right. you know, so I, I always, you know, crack up at those uh, buzzwords. But, you know, the fact of the matter is this. I think it it says a lot that Sebastian Joseph Day made the roster last year. And before you say anything, Traven Howard did not. And he was also drafted in the seventh round. And the Rams have cut picks before. Um, you know, they cut uh, what's his face? The uh, Rogers, Sam Rogers. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they've cut picks before. So I'm not about to take anything away from Sebastian Joseph Day because he's had to earn this. I mean, he's higher than Okoronko was as a fifth round pick. And, uh, you know, he is now a starter in their, of course, their nose tackle uh, you know, based, um, you know, pass set basically. So, um, that no, that's poor choice of words formation. Cause uh, here's the thing. And I do want to touch on this. The Rams are not going to start Sebastian Joseph day throughout the whole game. Um, what they're going to do and what they do is they mix it up a little bit. They'll throw a nose tackle here. They might throw in three, uh, pass rushing defensive ends and kind of put them all over the defensive line. You might you might see a rotation. Um, you know, John Franklin Myers, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, arguably your three best pass rushers on the defensive line. And they might go, you know, super run defense heavy and keep Donald in there or maybe sub Donald out, have Brockers, maybe put Donald on the edge like they've done in the past. Um, Brockers, Gaines, and Sebastian Joseph Day, that could be like what would you call that? The Hulk type of yeah, the power uh, front in there. Yeah. Yeah. Power front. So, I mean, like there are different ways and they're going to play around with it. It's a good sign though, for Sebastian Joseph day to be in that position, because again, going back to my first point, it confirms everything we heard uh, in the off season, you know, it, it, the buzz, it looks like it's legit. And, you know, Charles Robinson, you brought up our last show. Charles Robinson came out and said, okay, he's taking the next step. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear, you know, obviously it's just preseason, you know, it's, it's not even preseason yet. We haven't seen it in games, but you know, guys don't look like that and not do anything. Um, unless you're Michael Thomas and you, you, you hit that stride and then you get hit with the PED. Right. right. We won't go into that, but yeah, uh, definitely Sebastian Joseph day, not worried about Darrell Henderson 
and uh, really just taking away the rookies. They always like to put them, you know, kind of further back on the depth chart, make them earn it. So, so talking about those, my takeaway. yeah, no worries. And talking about those uh, rookies, kind of a quick follow-up question there would be, you know, looking at the the depth chart and you talk about Henderson and, and then we also saw David Long uh, at fourth in his You're Michigan boy, Michigan boy, fourth on the depth chart at cornerback. But then you see Greg Gaines, uh, second at, in, in his position. You see Taylor Rapp second in his position. Is that really just because of a deeper position group or does that tell you something about Greg Gaines and Taylor, how they're a little bit higher up in this uh, depth chart? Well, I will say, um, keep in mind, they didn't have a nickel cornerback spot. So Nickel Roby Coleman takes up a, a spot on there and it makes it look like he's pushed further back than he actually is. Plus, they do have Troy Hill, who has been on, like, regardless of if the fan base likes Troy Hill or not, this guy's been here since 2016. Right. Um, he's a player that they've now extended. So it's, you know, Sneed's been the building since 2016. He's clearly liked, and he's done enough to go from one defensive uh, coaching staff and a scheme to another. And, and I think that's that's really the thing that's being missed here. I mean, you know, Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator in 2016. Uh, you know, Greg Williams ran a 4-3 defense, an attacking 4-3 defense, um, a 4-3 defense that has, of course, that pseudo linebacker they use quite often, uh, linebacker safety combo. Um, but Troy Hill played a lot, and he has a lot of NFL experience. Now he moves over this 3-4. And he still he gets the extension and this coaching staff still believes in him. So, um, no, I think that is a good point. It's for the future. You know, I think that's they got him because he was a talent in the third round that they keep in mind. They had the pick. They didn't trade up. They didn't trade down. They had the pick and uh, they selected him, you know, and I think that's just a guy that they look at like, okay, Tlaib is probably gone after this year, whether it's retirement or whether he moves on to another team. Um, and Marcus Peters is not a guarantee either. I mean, it's a question mark. Marcus Peters cares about winning more than anything. I right. think you can tell based on, you know, his comments about his contract and it's exactly what you want to you know hear from him, whether he's trained in PR or not. It was still a good, you know, definitely a good answer. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely them covering their bases for the future and why not? David Long is definitely, um, a talent that, you know, he's not the biggest corner. He's not, you know, six foot three to lead, but I mean, you know, five ten, five eleven, somebody that is really kind of a pest. And and he he's kind of a luxury right now. Um, but you know, if Talib or Peters get hurt, I mean he could he could gain some, you know, valuable time. And I'd make the argument, while it's great that they have Troy Hill, Troy Hill is ahead of David Long until there's an injury because I think they would just go right to David long. I think they would put him right in that, you know, situation because they can. And if he didn't work out, you have Troy Hill, you have Nickel Roby Coleman who has had to play the boundary corner position before, despite being five, seven. Um, So I think they, that's probably where they'd go. Yeah. There's definitely some great depth at that cornerback position and it allows us to uh, go through what we went through last year when Tlaib went down. We now have more people even to kind of step up and step in. So uh, exciting to see how this depth chart is going to shake and move over the next four preseason games with some of these guys getting a lot of run. Uh, what we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about some of these other areas on the roster. If there's some concern there, what we'll see in the preseason and more 
Wednesday edition, Lockdown Rams, Jake and Bear, right after this. All right, before we cut to our next break, this episode is brought to you by Five Star Planning, a neighborly company. Five Star Planning is looking for new owners to join their growing company. This could be a perfect opportunity for you. Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star to 87000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your own business with Five Star Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With Five Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, you pick your own territory, you set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals. And when you go home every day, you'll be satisfied with helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painter owner, you'll also be a part of this greater neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals throughout their local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly serviced by nearly 22 award-winning brands, which some include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glassdoor, and Mr. Rooter. Whether you've been talking about starting your own business or you're already up and running your own paint company, again, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about the Neighborly brands that may be available in your area and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be right back. Locked on Rams Tuesday right after this. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Locked On Rams Wednesday. Uh, we have Jake Ellenbogen with us, and we're breaking all things down. Rams, as we get ready for the game on Saturday, the first preseason game, uh, we're not going to see anybody big, right? We're not seeing Todd Gurley. We're not seeing Jared Goff. All those guys won't be around. In fact, we won't even see punter Johnny Hecker. We signed a new punter today, Brock Miller, uh, which basically lead to all signs of Hecker taking off this preseason we may see him a little bit in the first couple games you know getting a punter here here too but McVeigh basically said they they thought this was a great addition since they know 
their background uh, with the special teams, including Greg Zerline and, and what he can bring, that they don't really need to go out there and waste their leg during the regular season. Uh, even though Hecker had a career-low 43 punts last year, uh, let's make sure when his leg is ready for those 40-something punts that he's got it all to give. We saw the biggest boom in Super Bowl history uh, last year, so he's still got it in him. But it's kind of cool to see another guy come in. This guy can uh, kick and punt, so he'll be taking on most of the duties. As we talk about that preseason, and we just talked about a bunch of the rookies, um, who do we expect to see? Are we going to see a ton of rookies? Are we going to see Allen and Noteboom? Uh, what are your thoughts on like what this preseason is going to be like for some of these guys and who we're going to see most? Yeah, well, first off, I, I just want to give a shout out to it was NFL, uh, the NFL app, because they let me know that the Rams had signed a punter. They didn't tell me who it was, and they just told me that he was left footed. So <laughs> thank you, thought- NFL, for all the details. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was the right. I mean, like, you know, it was funny because it's just like Johnny Hecker has some competition. Well, clearly he doesn't because you can't even name the damn guy. <laughs> yeah, like some dude that kicks with his left foot. We saw him on film, but we don't know who the heck he is. We found him in the crowd during the uh, the, <laughs> the joint practice. Yeah, the throw, kick, and punt competition. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. Andy Reid, you know. Yeah, from. exactly. Four, 14-year-old Andy Reid that looks like 40-year-old man standing out there with all the little kids. Oh, my God. But no, I'm uh, to, to go back to what you were saying as we were getting a little sidetracked there. So with the preseason, and I want to go back to your point of, you know, there's nobody huge playing in this game. This is my bread and butter. And, you know, you talk about, obviously, we, we've talked draft on here before. You know how I feel about the draft. A lot of these guys that get their opportunity in preseason are guys that, you know, you were looking at on film. Uh, you know, for the NFL draft. And and that's one of the big special things about the preseason. I almost think of it as an event in a way um, that gets kind of overlooked. I mean, you know, hardcore football fans watch it. Um, I actually watch every preseason game, believe it or not. Uh, I do the condensed game footage uh, from Game Pass, and I make sure I watch every single preseason game I can um, because there's just so much talent around the league that kind of just goes, you know, without a hitch. But uh, the Rams have those guys and, and those guys, I mean, just think about the running back group. I don't know if we'll see Malcolm Brown. Um, my guess is he's second on the depth chart. I don't think we will. I think they'll just go right to, you know, Justin uh, Davis, John Kelly, um, D- you know, Darrell Henderson. I think this will be the Matt Colburn show. You remember when Terrence McGee went off? I think that's, you know, something like Matt Colburn is going to end up doing. And then I think the receiver position, you're just so deep at receiver mm-hmm. and you have a quarterback that can frankly get the ball to them. So when you look at guys, not the starters, but you look at guys, I wouldn't even play Reynolds to be quite honest. Cause he's just a, you know, he's a guaranteed lock for this team. I'm playing, I'm probably starting Kaderil Hodge on the outside. Um, I'm probably starting. Uh, that's wow. That's kind of tough. Um, I'm probably starting either Bachman or um, Nasimba Webster on the outside al- alongside uh, Kaderil Hodge and then, or Mike Thomas. And then on the inside um, as a slot receiver, I'm starting Austin Prohl and I'm giving him an opportunity to win a job. Uh, I think what you really have to look at uh, are the receiver, you know, the receiver position because the Rams, and I actually spoke to my buddy Joe Curley. He covers the Rams for the Ventura County Star. Um, we've been texting over it, and it's really crazy because while JoJo Natson 
was good last year, there's no way you could tell me he was better than Farrell Cooper was. Now, Farrell Cooper had a case of, I don't think he ever got over, you know, the biggest game yeah. of his life having three yeah. turnovers or however many he had. But regardless, this was a talent. Like they found something in him and he was a difference maker. He was changing uh, games. He was starting. I mean, the offense was averaging a starting spot of, I believe it was the 31. I used to know that stat by heart, but it was, I believe the 31 yard line was where they were average starting, um, which was better than last year. But the thing with Jojo Natson is he's more of a punt returner. You used Blake Countess quite a bit last year um, as a kick returner. And of course he's not there. I feel like Jojo Natson is kind of like, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't dislike the guy, but there's no way he's going to contribute as a receiver. And to me, I want all the receivers on the team to be able to be receivers. And if, you you know, the last guy is a return specialist, I want him to be able to come in the game in case something goes wrong. And, you know, quite often you're going to have the last, you know, wide receiver be active because if he's the return specialist, you need a returner. So my thing is, I feel like Natson's been a little overrated. I'm going to say that and I'm probably, I'm just going to duck right now because <laughs> someone's throwing a tomato at my head. But you know, the fact of the matter is this, I like Natson, but I like him for what he is. Natson is a solid returner. He's not an elite returner. He's somebody that's going to look a lot better than, you know, he, you know, most guys would because of how shifty he is. But at the end of the day, I think it's more people that were craving a Tavon Austin type of breakout, you know, throughout his career and look at Nats and are like, wow, that's what Tavon wasn't doing for us. And so I think that kind of, you know, clouds people's judgment as to what Farrell Cooper was doing because he was a little lumbering, you know, 5'10", but he was filled out like 200 pounds. So he didn't look like he was a shifty, right? Um, I would make the argument that I would go after somebody like Austin Prohl, uh, Ricky Prohl's kid, if you guys don't know that, um, Nasimba Webster, who returned in, uh, at Eastern Washington. The Rams love their Eastern Washington guys. Um, you know, Alex Bachman, you know, everyone talks about Greg Dortch and I really loved Greg Dortch's film at Wake Forest. Uh, same school that uh, John Wolford went to. So he'll get a lot of playing time as well. I'm excited to see him in preseason. But Alex Bachman, is, he actually ran faster than Greg Dorch in the 40 time at the Pro Day. Uh, so I actually really like Bachman. I know they've all been working on it, but going back to my original point of bringing up Joe Curley, was we're, we're always texting about, you know, and it sounds lame, but we're texting about who is going to take over that return spot because it is Natsons right. to lose, but... Who's to say he can't lose it? Who's to say they won't just go out and be like, you know what? We like a guy in this area. So we want to keep an extra running back, but he can't return. So we're going to use David Long as our kick returner and punt returner. Or we're going to use Cooper Cup. Now, don't even get me started with the receivers and the punt returning. Like when I saw Antonio Brown out there for the Steelers, I would roll <laughs> my eyes every time. I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. He is your franchise player and you're putting him out there at the punt return position? No. So I believe I'm old school. I believe in a specialist. Um, but David Long can be your specialist because we just spoke about it. David Long is not going to start. So 
I, I think it's very interesting. Like, where would you go with that? I, I kind of want to flip the script on that. I want to ask you, where would you go with the return spot? Because I think it's really an underrated thing, a forgotten thing that kind of makes a big deal when you look at the end of the year and you're like, wow, that really helped an offense. Yeah, definitely. The specialist role is for those unique characters, right? Those guys that are that wow factor back there that you're like, we can't not have this guy. And if he can't contribute on the offense side, we still need him out there. And I think Jojo kind of fit in well last year because of kind of the fall of Cooper, especially with the injury with, you know, when his foot, when he kind of went out, Jojo kind of jumped right in there, had a couple really great games. And all of a sudden, you know, he's super fast. He's super tiny. And it's weird. I don't know if this is, I mean, this is not factual in any sense, but sometimes those small guys even look faster. You, you know, the clock will tell you the true number, but they still just, oh, yeah. just the size of them. You're like, look at him go. He's just running out there. Uh, and he did. He had a couple really great opening performances. And like you said, he was a solid returner. So I think the Rams then saw, great, he fits in well. We've got our guy. He's on the roster. We move forward. Uh, coming into the offseason, trying to reevaluate that. Was he a guy that you look and, and go, man, that's a guaranteed position. Like I look at Todd Gurley or, you know, Jared Goff. No, we don't look at it with like that as far as the returner position. Uh, the one thing I will say is I did, um, you know, hear Shane Waldron passing coordinators talking about how Jojo has made huge leaps in the receiving game, uh, had really good practices against the chargers and that he was one of the names that he mentioned as far as standout guys, along with Mike Thomas. So, there may be a little more wiggle room for him if he can kind of insert himself a little bit into the offense and be, you know, that deep end wide receiver that they can throw in and for reverses or little bubble screens or, you know, quick slant across the middle and find a way to get him in there every once in a while and still have a good reason to keep him on because he's not a, a special teamer as far as going to be going down and covering on punts. He's too small. He's not going to go out and make tackles. So uh, you're really utilizing him just for the return. And if you can't use them, in, use them in your office, then in, in your offense, then yeah, you want to start looking at guys you mentioned like David Long, or even you know, as we talk, looking at you know the running back depth and how we've got you know Justin Davis or uh, John Kelly has shown you know elite ability to kind of make people miss. So that's something that they're going to have. Ricky Pearl was you know one of those guys that you talked about. Austin Pearl, um, one of those guys that you talked about, and you know looking at how he can fit back there. So yeah, it's definitely a wide open job. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, definitely in the preseason, we'll see a bunch of different guys back there running it back. And I don't think at this point with how much talent we have on this team, I don't think I'm ever going to be disappointed with who's back there. Uh, unless you're right. Unless you put, you know, some elite, you know, wide receiver back there, or you put a Josh Reynolds and you're like, why would you, would you do that? You know, unless you put kind of something that doesn't make sense, but I think this team yeah. has enough athletes and studs even looking deep into that wide receiver position uh, that if you can find a guy that can contribute on all assets of uh, the special teams then you might find your right guy but you're right right now it's Jojo's to lose because uh, he did have a above average return game last year and, and really set up the Rams in great field position that was also you know getting some of that defense uh, making you know punting and, and giving us good field position as well so couple things go into that, but we'll see how it kind of shakes out. Uh, what we'll do now is we'll step aside. I'll take a quick break. We'll be back on the Wednesday edition. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the other roster spots we have to discuss as we get into this preseason. Uh, and we'll close out this Wednesday edition. Lockdown Rams, Jake and Bear, right after this. Uh. 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fancy Football with your Locked On Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, third and final segment of the day. It's the Wednesday edition. Again, daily Rams show five days a week. Your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. I've teased for a while. We've got some really cool, exciting news that's going to be coming in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Always want to give a big shout out to Jake for joining us, making time. He is far on the East Coast. I am far on the West Coast. We have a big time gap between us, and he always makes time to come on here. So I want to give him a big thank you for that. Uh, as we kind of flip the script a little bit here, we start looking at other places uh, on this roster that might be interesting. Uh, the linebacker position, we heard another uh, update today from the team. Justin Lawler uh, is going to be missing some time with a foot injury. They didn't give too many details on exactly what it is or how exactly how long he'll be out. But that is a position group that uh, almost, even though I think our offense line seems to be getting stronger, I, I would put the linebacking core as one of those position groups that just has a lot of questions, right? We, we saw Micah Kaiser get the nod over Bryce Hager in the uh, depth chart, uh, but you've got uh, Travian Howard, you got Travion Young, you got Troy Reader, Dakota Allen, who hasn't seen much at all practice time because he's been a little banged up. Uh, but looking at this linebacking core, uh, is this a point where you, know, you play a couple of preseason games and then maybe look to add somebody if it's not shaking out? Or do you have faith and these young guys, these guys that we have, you know, very little tape on as far as in the NFL that we're going to be able to get through with, you know, this depth at linebacker. Yeah, Bear. So how I see the Justin Lawler uh, injury or are we calling it an injury? Is it, you know, I mean, I, I think he got he's getting surgery because it's an injury. But um, nonetheless, I mean, this is somebody like Vinny has come out and said, you know, the Rams valued him. They, they don't think, obviously, he's not a world-class athlete. He's kind of stiff coming out of SMU. Um, you did notice that. But he's kind of, you can play him at inside backer. You can play him outside. He's got a little resemblance of a Clay Matthews, Connor Barwin. I would even say Matt Longacre. Like, if you fused all those guys together, um, you know, I somebody like that. Uh, and maybe even some Dom Easley to his game. But, you know, losing him... I think hurts the Rams, but it might also help them in the long run because I think now they have a more competitive uh, battle. I don't think it's any, you know, I, I don't think it's a surprise um, that, you know, Justin Lawler is somebody they liked because, I mean, he got snaps with the ones from what I was hearing. So, I mean, this is somebody they, they really liked and, you know, made the team his first year, seventh round pick again, you know, making the most out of those late round guys. Love it. But this opens the door 
you know, for somebody like a Josh Carraway who doesn't get talked about. Um, Josh Carraway, somebody I really liked at TCU, I believe is a fifth round pick. And, you know, his issue um, when I believe the Tennessee Titans drafted him, his issue is he's a very athletic player. Okay. He bends well around the edge. He's fast. He, he moves well. But the biggest issue with Carraway his lack of violence. He doesn't play strong enough. And I know I've said this on this show before, but I think this is an opportunity for Caraway, somebody the Rams signed as part of their free agent class, which is very small. It's him. It's Clay Matthews. It's Eric Weddle. And I think that's it. And I guess Brock Miller now. Um, so, you know, I, I think Caraway, this, this opens the door for him. Somebody that's desperately trying to cling his way into the NFL. He's, I believe, a second year player. So, you know, that's huge for him. Uh, Traven Howard, I don't really know, you know, where the Rams want him. He can play all over the field. He's another TCU guy. So he, he can actually play all over the field. Safety, linebacker. Uh, you know, rush the passer. So I don't know where they are going to play him, but I guess, you know, it kind of opens the door for him. Um, you know, somebody like Trey, you know, Trayvon Young, uh, Trayvon Young did record a, it was weird because it was like an interception that they ruled a fumble. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's uh, you right. Remember that last year? Uh, so it was, uh, I don't know how that's not an interception. The ball flew in the <laughs> air and he caught it. So I, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, with Trayvon Young, uh, somebody that they like, and and he was really coming on strong at Louisville, somebody that probably could have gone in the fourth round. But the problem with Louisville, he couldn't stay healthy. So he's been he's had some you know stuff come up with the Rams, but if he stays healthy, he's a talent, and they can develop him. And this is an opportunity for him. Okoronkwo, who you know we talk about health, yeah. doesn't really have much of it right now. It's really unfortunate because when you watch his film, it's like a highlight reel. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times where he takes himself completely out of the play, but he is violent. He's constantly moving his hands. He's constantly moving his feet. He's just constantly working. He's got a killer motor, and you really hate to see you know this injury rob him of a spot on this roster because, of course, last year with the foot injury, that really set him back and Coaches were raving about him at the beginning of that mini camp, but uh, it, it opens the door for those guys. I'll also say Landis Durham, somebody that doesn't get talked about at all, but I actually really liked him at Texas A&M. He came on the podcast and he's somebody he wins more with power. I think he converts speed to power pretty well. Um, so, you know, those are some guys that opens up the door for, you know, because I think an injury like this, now you're going into preseason knowing this, and while obviously you're not happy that one of your teammates is hurt, you're kind of happy about that little smidge that the door just opened up a little bit uh, to make this roster. And don't get me wrong, you know, this is a Super Bowl team. So the Rams, Josh Carraway, if he's the last pass rusher on the, the depth chart, and I believe it's actually Kettner Cup, um, the last pass rusher on this depth chart is very talented. They're the best team in the league, in my opinion, at least, you know, top three. So you have to imagine guys that don't make this roster are going to be picked up like a lightning strike because this is a good football team. And so I think going back to my spiel about, you know, the preseason and why it's this great event, you're getting a lot of talent getting to play when they haven't really been able to. You know, the Rams picked up guys like Dante Dion. They picked up. Uh, you know, guys like Darius Williams, they didn't get to play them. 
Um, so I'm interested to see it with the inside linebacker position. I love Dakota Allen. I think he's better than Micah Kaiser. Oh, well, yeah. I, hey, I like it. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. We're here for those hot takes. We're here for some of those crazy insider, uh, thoughts and, and, but that's the crazy thing about this is you talk about all those linebackers, so many young guys, unproven guys, but talented. So if they don't make this roster, they're not going to hang out. They're not going to be around here for a while. There's going to be some other teams picking them up. So you got to be very uh, careful and be wise with these decisions as you look at who you want to keep on the roster. But again, if you can't keep guys healthy, you're talking about Obo Garankwo and, and the, the stuff that he's gone through and and just kind of this injury, you know, uh, injuries mixed with a young core. It's tough to really fill out that second and third string and, and really building depth at that position. And as you mentioned, going back to, you know, you're one of the people that love the preseason. That's why it's great because some of these guys that, you know, don't yeah. have a shot <laughs> that finally the door opens a little bit, that second spot opens up in the insider linebacker or outside linebacker position. And they now go from being a third or fourth uh, string guy to all of a sudden jumping up and, and, and getting that much more snaps and being able to showcase what they can do can really make someone's career, give them an opportunity, or even, you know, you always hear, go put it on tape so someone else can see it. You know, if it's not here with us, then someone else can see your tape and give you an opportunity. So now these guys have opportunities to step in. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's going to be really fun on our defense side of the ball to watch these preseason games. Then as you kind of bounce back on the other side, we got Blake Bortles as our backup quarterback. He's going to get a lot of run. We're going to be able to see him. And, and you mentioned our wide receiver depth. They're going to get a solid quarterback. Whether you think Blake Bortles is good or not, he is better than a lot of these guys that are second and third string guys. So uh, opportunity for these guys to showcase their talent and kind of show out. Uh, and I thank you so much for coming on, Jake. We look forward to talking to you again next time uh, this week. We'll have a game under our belt. We'll have some actual real football to talk about and hopefully no more injuries. Uh, but have a great weekend, my man. We'll forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, man, you too. Have a great weekend and uh, movie recommendation for you. If you haven't already, check out uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is phenomenal. All right. It's up there. It's on my list, man. I didn't get to go see it last weekend, but uh, a buddy of mine told me it was really good too. So I got to check it out. We actually was talking about going down and babysitting for Mr. James Kroger so they can go uh, husband and wife and go see a movie. So maybe maybe I need to hit him up and and tell him he's got a babysitter this weekend. But uh, we'll check it out and we'll look forward to talking to you again. But with that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.